Boy, the music went off and everybody stopped talking all at the same time. <laughs> it's a habitual response now, right? So you have to talk a little bit, make a little noise just to transition myself. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome everybody. And I'm going to play with my seat for a moment. So, um, there we go. We're doing a little mic adjustment, making a few upgrades on our sound equipment. So over the next few weeks, you might start to see more fancy things like a computer and everything we're working with. So we're slowly updating. Actually, at our own pace, it's just fine. So we like it that way, more relaxed. Speaking of relaxation, if you're not relaxed right now, go right ahead and just make yourself comfortable. And we'll go ahead and call in the light, and I'll do a guided meditation after we do that. Um, pretty much the normal procedure, at least I think so. So we'll see what happens as we kind of unfold here. So if you'd like to, go ahead and close your eyes. Or if you wish, you can even keep them open. The idea here is to bring your inner focus to the spiritualized center that's inwards and upwards within the very center of your head and towards the top of the head, above the eyebrows. So just take a moment to begin to focus all of your attention into this area. Just continue to allow your attention to gather here as you're aware of the outer sounds. Just notice as you begin to focus more and more into the spiritualized center. And notice as you focus here, your spiritual senses beginning to come awake and aware. And the more you become aware and awake inwardly, the less you are distracted from the outer. And become aware through your senses of any feelings, sensations, sights, or sounds as you continue to focus into this third eye region. Be aware if there's any tingling or slight pressures, any warmth or coolness in this area. Or maybe you just feel a deep peace or warm loving beginning to come forward. It may be even beginning to flood through your whole body. And as you continue to focus here, just now become aware of a warm, loving, white light just above your head. So allow your focus and attention to begin to lift to yet a higher frequency and awareness. And as you do, become aware of this loving radiance just flooding your body with peace, with joy, with calm, with grace, and with God's loving. Just allow this light and all these qualities to flood through you from above, washing away any disturbances, distractions, or imbalances of any kind within you and around you. So just open your consciousness and allow this light action to take place. Just see and feel this loving light wash through from the top of your head all the way through your body and out the bottoms of your feet. Just continuing to flow like a river of love.
And as this river of love continues to wash through you and wash away those things that are no longer needed so that your full attention can now be focused into the spiritual light that resides above your head. And so as you continue to focus more and more inwardly into this radiant light, just now open your spiritual eye, your spiritual ears, and all of your senses to become awake and aware of God's radiant light and love. And just now within yourself, as I outwardly call on the light, allow that light to grow and to intensify in its frequency and its brightness. So Lord God, just now, as we open to receive your radiant love, we do step forward creating the space within us to receive the divine awareness of your radiant beauty and peace. We open ourselves and we allow all that is present in your will and in your grace to fill us and to flood through us all that is here for us in your divine beauty in our inner awareness. And Lord, as we continue to focus into your loving light, we do ask that through your grace, we are lifted inwards and upwards into those greater levels and realms within your loving spirit. And Lord, as we move forwards and upwards, continuing on this path of life, we do ask that through your grace, all those karmas and situations that no longer are needed that they be lift, dissolved, and freed up through your loving spirit. And in your name, we do ask that we be lifted in this path of love through the actions of your Holy Spirit to come into our own soul consciousness that we may know ourselves as divine, as the loving child of God that we truly are. And for all these wonderful blessings, would you continue to hold open that door for the radiant manifestation to take place within us and through us? And we say thank you. And so just now within your own consciousness, begin to chant the hue, the H-U, quietly within yourself. Just now, within yourself, begin chanting the hue. And as you do, continue to focus on this radiant light of love and allow yourself to be lifted upon this sound and upon this love. So do that now. And on each breath, just breathe in God's love and breathe out God's love as you continue chanting the hue. So now we're going to chant the hue outward, out loud. And we're going to have you take an in-breath and on the out-breath we'll chant the hue. And we'll do that several times through several breaths. And so breathe in.
So continue chanting inwardly, allowing this radiant vibration to resonate through your beingness, to vibrate awake to this higher frequency and this love. And continue chanting the hue within yourself. So just now, come awake and aware in spirit, wherever you are. Open your eyes and your inner ears to see, to know, to hear the spiritual realms of God's love. Allow those senses to simply open and experience these realms of spirit so that you may know your true divinity and all that is. And in this awareness, allow your consciousness to continue opening and experiencing and expanding to greater and greater levels of awareness and loving. And as you do, simply let go of those things that may block and stand in the way. Release these into God's love to accept all things, to forgive all things, 
and to love all things. So just now, within your consciousness, free yourself and allow yourself to experience God's love and its fullness and its freedom, allowing your consciousness to lift and to continue lifting on upwards into higher and higher realms and frequency of light and sound. this frequency of loving to continue to fill you and to lift you. And once again, we're going to chant a hue outwardly, out loud, on each exhale several times. So breathe in and on the exhale, chant the hue. again continue chanting inwardly allowing this vibration of loving to continue to lift you and to expand you into the realms of spirit allowing your senses to become more aware and awake as you continue this process within
So once again, wake up and know the Divine on this level that you're on, continuing to allow yourself to expand and to experience the frequency of loving that is here inside you and all around you. Allow the sound of the hue and the light of loving to continue to lift you inwards and upwards to experience yet God's greater light and love as it is here for you and as you. And in this frequency of loving, allow the hue to resonate through your beingness, washing and clearing all of those realms below, all that is not of the spiritual nature. Allow the realms of the physical worlds to wash away, to be free, so that your soul may stand in oneness and radiance and freedom in its own light, its own inner light of loving, their frequency of God, their frequency that is loving. And in this level, this level of freedom, and in your own soul consciousness and awareness, allow your radiant light to extend and to expand into all the levels in you and through you, touching to all the souls on every level of consciousness, so that truly the light of your soul and the light of all souls do come into oneness and harmony within the realms of soul. And in this oneness, allow this light of the soul to extend and to transform into the physical worlds, bringing peace, love, joy, and freedom to all those that are willing to participate and to step forward into their own inner light, their own radiance of God's love. And in this place of oneness, allow your awareness to truly become awake and to experience the truth of the divine, the divine truth that is within all. Simply look to God, look to that great light and sound, that true beingness, that true creator that resides within all of us. All we have to do is look into love and allow this radiant inner light and sound to fill us and to expand us to greater and greater levels and experience of God's loving. So continue now to chant the hue outwardly once again. And as we do, allow the sound and the frequency of loving to vibrate through every level of your beingness, including the physical, all the way up into the heart of God. Allow this frequency of love to vibrate so this path is clear and the way is straight so that that loving can live on all levels and fullness and aliveness and awareness. And just simply open, participate and allow. So as we take a breath in, we'll exhale, chanting the hue several times. So breathe in. Continue chanting outwardly, and then the next out-breath, open your eyes and continue chanting the hue. Continue chanting and open your eyes. Hear. 
And now with your eyes open, just experience that vibration in your physical body, in your spiritual body, in every level between. And as you come quiet, just begin to once again with your eyes open now, focus your attention to the spiritual eye with your physical eyes open and allow yourself to be aware of this frequency in whatever way that is, whether it's visually, kinesthetically, auditorily, or just simply divine knowing. Allow yourself to know while you're physically aware and your eyes are open and just allow yourself to live in that frequency so that you know what it is on all levels. Welcome home. <laughs> do you guys feel vi like you're vibrating? Well, I certainly do. <laughs> So, in just a moment, I'm going to practice my psychic abilities. Jim's going to read a quote, probably out of Khalil Gibran. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm off. He's gone to the mother. Yeah. I haven't read from her in a while. We need silence to be alone with God, to speak to Him, to listen to Him, to ponder His words deep in our hearts. We need to be alone with God in silence, to be renewed and to be transformed. Silence gives us a new outlook on life. In it, we are filled with the grace of God himself, which makes us do all things with joy. If we are careful of, si if we are careful of silence, it will be easy to pray. There is so much talk, so much repetition, so much carrying on of tales and words and writing. Our prayer, our prayer life suffers so much because our hearts are not silent. Okay. Do you have anything else? Or? <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's see. It was very interesting. Um, Twice today now that I've meditated tonight and early this morning, I saw Moses both times climbing to the mountaintop. And that's um, a very interesting symbol, Moses climbing to the mountaintop. Each of us in our own way have to reach that mountaintop, reach up to that very high point within us where the earth and the sky join together and where we ourselves can meet with that burning bush within. The burning bush is the soul. It is the divine element within our own self, that divine spark of God that dwells within us. And the mountaintop that we are climbing isn't a mountain in the world, it's an inner mountain. It's an inner mountain that we are to climb and make our way to the top, where we can ourselves see that burning bush and hear that still small voice from that bush speaking and sharing with us and guiding us, directing us in how to live our lives as spiritual beings. I remember years ago going to Israel and on the way to Israel we went first to Egypt for two weeks and then we took a bus tour across the Sinai Peninsula on the way to Egypt, uh, Israel. And we stopped overnight at Mount Sinai at this new little hotel that is, was just opening. It hadn't even been completed yet. And everybody jumped out of the bus and went running up to the top of Mount Sinai. Well, some of us <coughs> walked up. <laughs> some people made it halfway. <laughs> but everybody was going up the mountain. And as I stood there and I was watching people go up, 
I realized I didn't need to walk this physical mountain because I wanted to really walk the inner mountain. So I sat down for a while and I closed my eyes and while everybody was walking the physical mountain, I went inside and walked the inner mountain to see if I could once again see that burning bush, that divine light of my own soul inside. And when I finished my meditation, I got up and I made my way back in towards the hotel. And later, a lot of people came back down the mountain and we were all gathered together and they were telling us all their different stories and thoughts and feelings as they were climbing the mountain. And somebody turned to me and said, Jim, I don't think I ever saw you going up there. What happened? And I was sharing with them that I didn't really feel I needed to climb that mountain. I wanted to climb the inner mountain instead. And uh, their response was, was one that often you get in the world. Well, you know, you, you've got to travel all these places. You've got to climb these places and see these places. It's important to, to touch all these sacred spots in the world. And, and I realized that that's what so many people in the world are doing. They're trying to create sacredness in the world, sacred places, sacred sites, and keep them holy and keep them sacred. And somehow by having these sanctified places in the world, they're going to be closer to God. And yet if you look around the world and you look at all these holy sites, so many places that are considered holy are also places where great anger and hostility and wars are taking place. And I realized for myself that it isn't about the sacred sites in the world, it really is about the sacred site inside. That we are a living church, we are a living temple of God. And that God dwells within us, each of us. And that it is for us to go inside and connect to that sacred spot. Then we can go anywhere in the world and every place is sacred. There is not one place in the world that is not sacred. And why that is for me is because wherever I go, if I am living in the awareness of the divine within me, I see the divine in every place I go. And so that place automatically becomes a sacred spot because God in that which is present in the world and God within me are aware of each other and we are one. And in the oneness, sacredness resides. And so, for many years, I have walked this planet in our travels, and I've paid attention, and I've watched very carefully something. There are times when I'm traveling where I'm really caught up in the museum, or the artifacts, or the art, or I'm caught up in this castle, or this pyramid, or this mountain. And... As I get caught up, I find that I'm both energetically outside of myself and drained. And the moment I stop and I pay attention and I begin to pull back inside and connect back to my own sacredness, and then I look out here to wake up and see the divine and all things that are present in the world, I then find myself coming into oneness and there's no more need for me to be anywhere other than just in that sacred moment with God. And then I can just sit down and be at peace and quiet and enjoy whatever's present. It's interesting tonight that Brian asked us to open our eyes at the end of the meditation and to look and feel that vibration as we have our eyes open. And that's what I have found for myself as I've walked this planet is going out with my eyes open, but staying multidimensional in my consciousness so that I can see the world and the things of the world, but I also can see the divinity, the divine, the beauty in all things. When we can begin to experience divinity, the true divine consciousness within ourselves, and then begin to allow it to live in us and fill us, and then begin to shine forth from us and connect to the divine in all things, we begin to experience and live in the one consciousness, the one attitude of truth, of divine loving. And it isn't that divine loving 
that peace resides. I know when I was in Israel one time, I was walking through a, a big shopping mall area. It's an open air area that's outside the old wall city. And there, as we were walking along, this man walked up to us. And he was Jewish. He lived in Jerusalem. And he walked up to us and he said, so what are you all doing here? There was probably about six or seven of us. And we were really looking for a steak restaurant. That's what we were there for. And so we said, well, we're looking for a restaurant. We're looking for a place that serves meat because so many places there are kosher. And it's either uh, you're going to do dairy or you're going to do meat. You can't do both in one restaurant. And so he said, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to know about what you want to eat. What are you doing here? What are you doing in this place? And I kind of got a little bit of what he was going for. And everybody else was kind of looking at us like, oh, come on, let's go get a restaurant. Let's find a restaurant. So the majority of people started walking on down the street. But I, myself and another person remained behind to talk to him to find out what he was trying to find out from us. And so we went over and we sat down at this, this little set of tables at one of the restaurants and just started talking. And I said, what do you want to know? What are you looking for from us? And he says, I just want to know, what are you doing here in Israel? What are you doing here in Jerusalem? What are you looking for? And I wasn't sure where he was going, so I said, well, I'm here to experience the customs of the people. I'm here to, to see the old city of Jerusalem and to see the old sites around the Sea of Galilee. And he says, oh, so you're Christian. You're not Jewish. And I go, oh, yes, I'm Christian. And he goes, okay. So that tells me something. He said, so what are you looking for as a Christian here? And I went, what am I looking for here? What did I come here for? And I looked at him and I said, I don't know what I'm looking for. And he said, that's a good answer. Because then you'll find something. Because you're vulnerable to whatever's present. He said, most people come here looking for something. And they leave here disappointed because they don't find it. Because they have a preconceived idea of what Israel is, of what Jerusalem is, of what this country is about. And they come here with that preconceived idea and they walk the streets looking for it and they never find it. He said the Jews come to the Temple Mount looking, and to, to, looking, looking to find and to experience and feel God on the Holy Mountain. And the Christians come here to find the places where Jesus walked. And as they walk those places to feel the presence of Jesus. And the Jews leave disappointed and the Christians leave disappointed. They may have walked into the Temple Mount and they may have walked the, the streets along which Jesus walked. But they leave disappointed because they did not find what they had come here looking for. But if you come here looking, paying attention to what's present, but have no preconceived ideas of what it is you're going to find, you're going to find a lot of things. And he said, do you want to experience something really here right now? And my friend and I looked at each other and we saw our friends had already gone into some restaurant. We had no idea where they went. And we said, okay, sure. He said, come with me. So we went back into the walled city and we made our way up through certain areas up to Mount Moriah, up where the Temple Mount is built. And we went up the, into the area of the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall. And we walked in and uh, my friend, being a woman, had to go in another section and she made her way back over so that we could be along the fence. And he said, come over, just come over here and feel the wall, touch the wall. Well, we had been there earlier in the week and not, had not really experienced much of anything there other than watching the people come and praying and, and putting their messages in the wall, asking God for, for certain things. And he said, have no idea what it is you're going to experience and just go and touch the wall. And we touched the wall. And as we did, he said, now feel it, 
feel what's present here, feel it. And all of a sudden we just, I felt, and my friend did too, we felt this energy of loving just move over us. And I just stood there for the longest time just holding, touching the wall. And then I stepped back and I looked at the man and I said, what was that? And he said, that's the loving that everybody that comes here brings with them. They're loving for God. They're looking for God. They're longing for God. And they're wanting from God certain things. And when they leave, they leave their loving here for God. They don't realize that they've discovered something and they don't realize to take it with them and to continue living in their life. They leave it right here. He says, I come up here every day and I just partake of all the loving that people leave here at this wall. Because for me, this is spirit. This is life. This is loving. And this is God to me. This is the indwelling spirit that has been here in the temple all these eons of time. And so we sat down. We actually left that area and sat down outside on some rocks and began to talk. And I said, you know, I can understand why you would think that that was God. But I don't know that that was God. I think that that's people's beliefs, wanting, needing, but not necessarily God. And we had a long discussion. And then he said that he, was going, he had to, to, to go on back home because he was going to go home and have some dinner. And he appreciated my sharing and he appreciated us listening. And he left. And so my friend and I sat there for the longest time talking back and forth, trying to understand something. And as we did, these two nuns walked up. And they had watched us talking to this gentleman, and they knew him. So they asked us what our conversation was about. And so we shared a little bit about what was happening and all. And they sat down and they said, so what do you think is here at the wall? And... So we shared with them what happened for us and what my feelings in the moment were. And my friend shared her, her experience of it. And then the nuns began to talk. And they said, you know what? We really feel that this is a very sacred spot. And all the nuns in our convent come here every day because we feel this is a very sacred place in the city. And we know that if we come here, that we are standing on sacred ground in a way that we don't feel elsewhere. We don't know why that is, but that's what we feel. And, and I said, have you ever felt that inside when you pray? And one nun said, well, yes. Yeah, I felt that a little bit here and there once in a while. And I said, so how did you get to that spot? inside where you felt it inside and she said well it only happens once in a great while when I pray I don't feel it all the time but when I do pray and I'm really in harmony with with loving God I feel that loving inside that I feel here at the western wall and I said so when you come here to the western wall every day you feel it and she said well to be honest no I don't I feel it once in a while, but that's why I come here, because I know it's here and I can find it. And so then I began to share with her about that it's really something inside of us that we are experiencing, not something out in the world. And as we talked, she began to lighten up. She said, oh my God, that's exactly what Mother Superior is always telling us. Why are we coming up here? when we can just go inside and find it inside. And so as we left the nuns and we left the Western Wall and we went back over to try to find our friends eating dinner, we were talking and I realized something very profound. All these people that were walking around throughout the whole city of Jerusalem were looking for something. They were all looking for something. 
This man was looking for something and he was looking to find something in our conversation. These nuns were looking for something. And they wanted to see what we were experiencing for ourselves in this place as they were. And I realized something in the world that we are all looking for something. And yet many of us don't even know what we're looking for. But we're always chasing after it. We may have known it years ago, but we've forgotten what it is. We're now in the habit and the routine of just chasing after, following after, running after. Does that make sense to you? I have found myself having to catch myself and stop and say, where in the hell am I going? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why is this so important to me? And oftentimes when I do catch myself chasing after my little illusion in the world, thinking that the, if I can get it, I'm going to be happy. If I get it, I'm going to be fulfilled. If I get it, I'm going to be spiritually aware. If I can catch myself and stop and just go inside, I get it. I fulfill it. It's done. And I have to go no further in the world to have it. But if I don't catch myself, I can find myself going through the mall, checking all the stores. Well, it's one of these stores. I know it. I can feel it. I'm going to find it. Or I can find myself getting on a plane, going someplace, or going in a car and driving someplace, thinking that I'm going to find it if I just get to the right place. And so more and more I keep reminding myself to go inside, to find it first there, and then see if there's still something yet to fulfill in the world. And there may be. I have found that that can happen. Once I have discovered what I was looking for inside, I have found that there are certain things in the world that do call for me to come, to be present there, to be present with a person, or to be present in a place. And oftentimes, those are places where I have karma that is not fulfilled. That by going to those locations and being there and loving and just walking through something and loving, I can also bring resolution or quiet to incompletions in the world from another lifetime or from this one. I remember the first time I went to Egypt and I was walking towards the Great Pyramid. And as we did, we were coming up and going past the Sphinx and walking around the back of the Sphinx and on up to the Great Pyramid. And as we were doing this walk, all of a sudden I felt this chill, this feeling of energy just pass over me. And I stopped and I looked around and for a moment I felt like I had been there before. And it sort of lifted and I just kept on going. We went into the pyramid and that was done. The next day we went to Saqqara, which is a few miles away from the Giza complex. And as we were walking through Saqqara, I felt that same sensation again. And in that time, I broke away from the group and I went and I sat down and I closed my eyes and I went into meditation. And I began to see before me a past life open up. And I saw myself experiencing certain things in this Saqqara complex. And as that was taking place, I realized that there were certain things unfulfilled in me. And I knew that there was no way for me to fulfill them physically. So I just went inside and I loved them. And I fulfilled it through the loving. And then I got up and I began to wander through the complex wondering, now does this mean that I've got to go all over the world and find these spots where I've lived in other lifetimes and sit down or somehow complete all these karmic patterns by going to these places in the world to fulfill them? And I was hoping it wasn't true because I thought if it was, that's going to be a lot to fulfill. And I didn't really know if I wanted to travel that much to go out and try to fulfill all my karmas that way. So that night I sat down in meditation 
and I began to ask spiritual, a spiritual teacher on the inside, what is this all about? Why, why is this I'm experiencing this fulfillment of karma by being present in this place when all the time you've been telling me it's not about sacred sites in the world, it's about the sacred site inside, the seat of the soul. And they said, because you're here, you're experiencing something very profound about another lifetime. But you could experience the same thing back in Austin, Texas, as you are experiencing it here now. It's a matter of allowing yourself to be caught up in the flow of spirit and let the loving do the healing. Just as you sat down and allowed the loving in that moment, loving those situations that you were seeing, loving the scenes rather than reacting to it, the karma was neutralized. You can do that every day in your meditation right at home. You don't have to be here physically. You just happen to be here physically. And so you fulfilled it both by being here physically, but also by going inside and completing the action. So maybe you yourself have found walking down a street somewhere, maybe here in Austin or maybe on a trip, and all of a sudden experiencing something similar where you've known you've been there before or there's something different or special or unique about this one particular place that draws you, that calls to you, or that repels you. Because it may actually push you away because of the event that took place there. And yet you're there in some manner to begin the process of healing, whatever that's about, bringing it to neutrality. Because what is this all about? The spiritual pathway that we are walking is about neutrality. It's not about being in reaction. It's about action. But it's about an action that is neutral. And so it's not going to these places and going back into reaction and feeding the karma once again, but going there and being loving with the situation and letting that loving bring stillness and quiet to it. There was one place in Egypt at the Luxor Temple in Luxor, Thebes, that I would not go into. Seven times in going to Egypt, uh, I did not go into this one particular temple because that was not an energy of attraction. It repelled me. It pushed me away. The last time I had walked into that temple, there had been an earthquake. And during the earthquake, a wall collapsed on me and I was killed. And and I knew that from the time before I went to Egypt. I didn't know the temple, but I knew I had been in a temple in a particular lifetime and a wall had collapsed on me. Well, as soon as we got to, to Luxor, the first trip I went to Egypt, and we walked towards the, this temple site, I knew that this was a spot. It just looked the very same I had seen on the inner levels. And I wanted to go inside and heal it, but there was this other part of me that was afraid. It was really, literally afraid of going in there because I knew that another wall would collapse. I knew it was going to kill me. That temple was just a killer. <laughs> so I, 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 I was always taking 80 to 100 people, two busloads to Egypt every trip. And I would turn them over to the Egyptian archaeologist that was going on a trip with us and said, you go and explain this one, this temple. Everywhere else, I would be the one sharing. But I would let him talk here. We always, in Egypt, would pay the archaeologist. We always had to have an Egyptian archaeologist with every tour. That was the law in Egypt. And the archaeologist was to talk. Nobody else was going to talk about the sites. But we would pay him extra and he would be silent. It was called a, si a silent guide. And, uh, and then I would share. And, but in this one temple, he was the one who had to talk. I wouldn't go in. So finally we were there on, it was actually the last trip I ever went to Egypt in. And so I stood in front of the thing and I said, you know, how many times have I lived lives in different bodies? So what if a wall collapses on me? I'll just be back. <laughs> 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 uh, 
And so I decided to go on inside, and we were walking around, walking around, and, and I was listening to the archaeologist talk. I didn't want to talk. I just wanted to experience it and, and heal whatever that was. And as we were walking through there, the archaeologist said, and it was this section in the back that uh, much of it was destroyed during a major earthquake during Ramesses II's time. And then Ramesses rebuilt it at the same time he was adding on to Karnak. And I just stood there kind of frozen because I had known that. But here he was talking about it, and here's that site. And so as everybody else walked on through, I just walked in there, and I began to chant the name of God and chant the hue as we were doing tonight. And I began to heal the memory of all that. And I could feel the fear, and I could feel the loving. And the loving was wanting to rise up, and the fear was trying to squash it back down. And I realized that I had allowed the fear to control me. I had allowed the fear to stop me from living my life in, in, in certain ways, including not walking into this temple. So I sat there and I began to work with the fear, work with the loving, work with the fear, work with the loving. And I began to realize that I didn't know how to handle this fear. And as I sat there, I realized that this element that is fear was something that had been running my life quite often. And it often stopped me, not just entering this temple, but it stopped me from entering into certain situations in my life. And I realized that the seed of that fear that stopped me from entering into certain situations in my life was founded right here in this spot. At the time that an earthquake happened and this wall fell on top of me and killed me. And I realized that I was at that seed point where this emotion, this idea of fear was formed in my consciousness. Not in this body consciousness, but in my karmic consciousness. When I realized that, I said, I'm going to sit here if it's all night, if it's all week, I'm going to sit here until this is gone. I do not want to take this back with me. And so I sat there and I sat there and I just kept feeling the fear, pushing, 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 trying to get me to leave. And there were moments where I just wanted to get up and go because it was so strong. But I sat there and I said, no, I am not going to let you win this time. Because in the past, I've let it win. I would let the fear hold me back, keep me from going and doing something, entering into situations. And so this time I was going to overcome it. I was going to be the winner here. And as I sat there, I carried that thought. I am going to win. You're not going to win this time. I'm going to win. And the more I kept feeling that and thinking that, the worse it got. And I was in the battle. And the more I said, I'm going to win, the stronger the fear got. And I'm going, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> I want to win. I don't want to lose this time. And I realized that I was putting up resistance. I was resisting the fear by saying, I'm going to win. You're not going to win. You're not going to defeat me. And I realized that the resistance was the way that fear kept alive. If fear could come up and bring this resistance up inside of me, it would feed the fear and give fear greater strength. So I sat there and I just went neutral. I just said, come on, let me feel the whole thing. Let me feel everything about you. Who are you? What are you? Why are you? Just fill me fully with the fear. Let me feel you. But I didn't go into reaction. I didn't go into resistance. I didn't go into the attitude of I'm going to win and you're going to lose. And as it came in and it realized I wasn't resisting anymore, it began to melt. It just began to melt. And I could feel it kind of like come back up and then it would just continue melting away. And it slowly, slowly went down my legs 
and out my feet and into the ground beneath me as I was there seated next to this wall in the temple at Luxor. And as it went away, I could just feel myself at peace in total neutrality. And then I went, okay, I've done it. All of a sudden, I felt the fear starting to come back like, oh. And it was coming back alive. And I could feel it literally, energetically coming back up my legs. And I went, oh, I'm not going to do that. Okay. And I just went back to neutrality again. I went calm. I went quiet. And the way I do that now and the way I did it then was just holding my attention at the seat of the soul and looking to the divine inner light within and listening to the radiant sound of the sound current of the Holy Spirit. That is neutrality. And that is above all the physical elements of creation. And as long as I hold my attention here, the world cannot impact me, cannot affect me, cannot draw me. But if I allow myself to be drawn down into the world element, I am then once again caught up. So I just held myself here in neutrality, calmly, quietly. And as I did, I felt all the fear once again go out into the ground beneath me. And I sat there just holding loving for God, holding loving for God. And then I felt the flood of love come from the divine flame within and just flood my body and indwell my body physically and on all levels of consciousness. And I heard inside a voice, that voice that Moses heard on the top of Mount Sinai coming out of that burning bush, that radiant inner light within, going, get up, get up, now, get up. And I thought it meant get up inside. So I was, I thought I wasn't holding my attention right now. I kept trying to come up more in attention. I said, no, get your body up. <laughs> so I got up and I stood up and I opened my eyes and I began to walk back towards the entrance of the temple. And I thought that was kind of odd. Get up, get up, let's go. And so I got up and I left. And I looked around the temple and I saw it all in a different light. And it was really a beautiful temple. It's considered one of the most beautiful architectural sites in the world. This little temple, the Luxor Temple, on the Nile River. And for the first time, I could really see its beauty after seven visits there. So I walked on around. And as I was walking out the gate, I realized I was leaving something behind that I wanted to leave there. And that was my fear, that element of fear that had had such a strong influence in my life. And as I walked away and I was getting on the bus, I realized that I was leaving something that had been a part of my consciousness, not just in this lifetime, but for many lifetimes since that wall collapsed on me. And so... I was on the bus and people were asking me, well, how was it? Because I told them why I hadn't gone into the temple before. And, and I was standing outside the temple and they'd all gone inside. And I thought, no, I can't do this. I got to go do it. And I walked on in. And everybody was kind of surprised. So they wanted to know what happened. Why did I finally come in? What did I experience? And I just didn't want to talk about it. I shared with them that whatever that was about, it's healed, it's done. And I just want to leave it complete. I don't need it to, to reminisce again. And that's something that's very important, is when we do complete something,